I want a dehydrator so bad. At college, I am suffering without a good blender. We need a sponsor for a dehydrator. Can someone send me a dehydrator? <laughs> I will sponsor I will you. I will not pay a discounted price for it. We've already been over this. <laughs> no. But no. I will plug. Yes. I don't. You don't even need to pay me. I'll just take the dehydrator. <laughs> That's what my worth lies at with wanting that. <laughs> Hello. And welcome to Given the Platform, a show where we give unsung people the chance to flaunt their extraordinary passions and knowledge. Do you have something that you want to be given the platform to talk about? Contact us at giventheplatform at gmail.com. I just wanted to take a moment before we began to thank you all for the wonderful reception that I've had on the trailer I posted last Saturday. I wasn't going to do that originally. I was just going to talk for a minute about what the show was about. I'm glad I went for a more show-don't-tell approach because I'm very proud of it and it's gotten great reception, so thanks again. Now that we're a new podcast, I think it would be important to talk about where you could find us. Hopefully you found us somewhere if you're listening to this at the moment, but we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. We should be coming to Stitcher soon, hopefully, if everything works out right. But at the moment, we are not on there. Also, excuse me if I switch between I and we. This is a one-person project, but I just don't feel comfortable saying I all the time. It just feels a lot more comfortable acting like this is a little bigger than myself. But that's besides the point. I introduce our guest today in the interview, so let me just jump right to it. I hope you enjoy. We're going to be talking a lot about veganism, healthy eating, and what it's like to be an Instagram influencer. Enjoy. This episode, we have on Alyssa Burns, who is a colleague, a peer, a up-and-coming influencer, and an all-around wellness extraordinaire. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Harrison. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. We just had a great time um, yes, we did. sorting out several audio issues. Mm -hmm. I am not a techie for a reason. I am on stage, not behind stage, because... I'd burn this theater down if I was forced to work backstage. Great. So how about you give us a brief description of what you're extremely passionate about? I know we talked about some veganism things, some mm -hmm. influencer things. Kind of wrap that all into one umbrella for us before we go any further. Yes. So I'm extremely passionate about healthy, happy living. So in addition to being a musical theater major, along with Harrison, I focus a lot of my energy on creating just content that shares living a positive, healthy lifestyle through doing wellness influencing, travel influencing, lifestyle blogging. And I'm also getting certified to be a health coach right now as well. So just kind of spending my time doing that right now. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> so I just wanted to start with some basic stuff. What is one thing that you wish you had known when you began your career? And for career in our sake, let's say it's your social media influencing mm -hmm. journey. I wish I would have known that you don't need to have a huge following to make an impact. Because the more that you just stay true to yourself, your network and your community will naturally grow with the right people meant for you. And you don't need to just worry so much about the number of followers because that'll happen naturally the more you stay true to who you are and what you want to say. Yeah. So how many followers did you have before all of this? Do you know the numbers? Um, I think I was at like 1,100 okay. or something like that. So like 
Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That's what I'm at right yeah. now. And like how much are you friends. at now? Like 2,000? I'm at almost 3,000 now. Three? Yeah. I'm at like 2,850. Wow. Shows how much research I did before you came <laughs> on. Um, so you're at 350. And what does that look like? How do you get those followers? Is it like, do you follow a lot of people that blast your posts or is it like a follow for follow kind of thing? Yeah, it's more of like I go in and I try to find women or men or anyone who are passionate about the things I'm passionate about, whether it be through hashtags, I just research it. And then I just join networking communities. Like I'm currently doing that Sidewalker group coaching and Mm. I've made like 40 new friends through that alone in the last month. So it's just reaching out to people that seem to be interested and passionate about what you are and then staying in touch. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool to me because every time I post things, I'm friends with the only people I, that follow me mm-hmm. are friends with me. Right. So when I post things, I'm like, do these people even want to see it? But right. it's so cool for you to have like 2,000 people mm-hmm. that just followed you because they want to see you post things. Yes. <laughs> and not yeah. because they know you. And I mean, I'm consider- I'm definitely one of them, <laughs> even though I do know you. That's okay. So you were talking about you just think you should post mm-hmm. no matter what happens. I have a lot of anxiety about stuff like that. So I, one of the reasons that I was so scared to start this podcast, Mm -hmm. one of the reasons I'm so scared to like try to become an influencer on social media Mm -hmm. is because I have such a bad anxiety with people looking at my stuff and being like, why do we care? Why do we want to listen to this? Um, Shout out to all those people. If you're thinking that as you listen to this (laughs) now, Um, (laughs) but it's just putting yourself out on a limb. Yeah. You get so afraid that no one's going to watch or listen to anything you post or anything you come up with creatively. Yeah. And that fear almost keeps you from doing it at all. Exactly. And is it like worse to have never done it or like to not do it at all? Or is it worse to fail? I don't like, where does that come for you? How do you deal with that anxiety? And do you still have that now? I am such a strong advocate. You know a lot about manifestation, law of attraction, and really just like, you know, putting your all into something that you're passionate about. Because if you have that passion, that's literally yourself saying to yourself, this is what I'm meant to do. If you're enthusiastic about something, you are on the right track. And so if any other doubt or fear gets in your head, that is basically your, you know, inner being telling you, you're not supposed to feel that way. You're not meant to be fearful because you're doing what you're meant to be doing. And so for me, it really came to a point where I would visualize and think about where do I see myself in five years from now, in two years from now, what do I want to be doing? And then I was like, okay, I know what I want to do. Am I doing that right now? Am I doing anything to get me there? And I was like, well, yes, but I can be doing more, but I'm stopping myself because I'm worried about what other people think. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why am I letting other people have control over my future? And it was kind of like that, like, I'm passionate, I love what I have to say, and the right people will come into my life that will fuel that and will support one another. And the people that don't care, like, bye, with love. <laughs> but, like, you go with do love, your... Always. Yeah, like, love all the time. You know, I, I respect you, I forgive you, but I don't need that energy. So I just put my energy towards the people that support me and towards my own passions, and then they naturally seem to perfectly unfold in, like, a really cool, divine way. Yeah. So one thing that you mentioned, which I think I should throw a piece in, do you Mm -hmm. remember, oh, I don't even know if you know about this. It's like a minimalism thing. I don't know how into minimalism you are, but this concept that if you want to start something, say, I'm going to do something for two years. Yeah. And then, because you think so small term, like I post one podcast episode, no one listens to it. 
And then I'm like, oh, I'm devastated. If you commit to something for two years, even if it's like something that you only want to commit to for six months, if you force yourself to do it, no matter what the outcome is, Mm -hmm. most of the time, I mean, hopefully, cross my fingers, it inevitably gets better. Yes. What you put your energy towards will expand. Yeah. But you still don't feel any anxiety about that stuff. Oh, of course I do a little bit. I mean, it's it's human nature. But it's when that happens, I take like a breath and I remind myself, I'm like, is this how I really feel or is this what other people make me feel? And then I remember people can't make me feel anything. It's all my perception. So then I'm like, okay, Alyssa, does that one person's opinion really matter that much? No. Mm -hmm. So... It's just those reflection moments. So yes, the anxiety does come in sometimes and the self-doubt, you know, because we're literally kind of trained to be that way, especially in our career as performers. We're very self-critical. And so it's recognizing that's normal and stepping away. So self-critical, also so judgmental. Yes. And it's so, I don't think anyone ever has the intention of judging someone Mm -hmm. and being malicious. No. But in a program like this, it's just inevitable yeah like you compare yourself to others and they tell you not to yeah easier said than done yeah so on that note would you say you had any failures as an influencer and then like what would that be yes so in the beginning any brand that reached out to me I was like extremely excited about and I would pay money on a discount to get products and then post about it for them yes don't do that if you're into influencing don't do that you this is your time your effort your creativity you should be getting paid or at least a free product so in the beginning I would just take random brands I'd never heard of because I was excited that a brand wanted me to create something for them and it was just not the move not the move so I learned very easily that I was investing my money into things I would normally never even buy just for the potential of getting posted on a brand's site with followers that wouldn't even care about what I had to say. So it was just that initial excitement of wanting to grow, but not doing it the right way, mm-hmm. the authentic way. Yeah, you got to know your worth. Yes. You're not worth, you You don't get into something to pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. I've but you seen, live and you learn. Yeah. You live and you learn, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. hopefully people can heed those warnings at this point. Yes. So speaking of warnings and yeah. people who have done things before, What's the biggest advice that you would give to someone who wants to start influencing? And in addition to that, who should start influencing? Like, I'm an actor. Yeah. Should I do it to build a brand? Or if I was like a nursing major, Mm -hmm. should I still do it? Anyone can do it. But it is hard work. It's consistency. It's a job. And people think that you just get free products and you post about it and that's it. No, you have to create a business for yourself. And it is constant training. Like I'm in group coaching right now for it. It's an investment in your time, in your effort, in your creativity. And it's a lot of business and marketing. So it's not just taking cute pictures of the product. But the main thing that I love about influencing is it's more building a community of people that are passionate about what you are passionate about and being a positive influence by leading through example. So it's being authentically you, knowing that I have something that can be beneficial to somebody else. How can I answer their questions? How can I solve their problems just by living my best, healthy, happy life in my circumstance? And you can do it through whatever. So as an actor, you have experiences that some new actors that are maybe wanting to pursue a career in musical theater might not know and they see you and they're like oh well you know Harrison did this and he was able to do it so his story inspired me you can be an influencer at any capacity you don't have to make it a business but you're everyone influences somebody 
you influenced me with this recipe for cookies. Like, <laughs> and now I want to make them, you know? So oh. everybody influences somebody to a certain capacity. But if you want to make it a full-time thing, it's consistency, it's hard work, and it's knowing that you have to show up for the people that are following you, for yourself, for the businesses, represent yourself and others well. And yeah, even nursing majors, you know, there's those, uh, what's that one guy that really... Very attractive nurse. I was literally watching a video from him yeah, the other day. Yeah. I forget his name. He's from New Jersey. Yeah. You know that? So North he's Jersey. like super attractive. So like good for him. But he uses his platform and his following to share important information. Mm-hmm. So like if you got it, flaunt it, I guess. But in, in a good way. And yeah. And he was, ta- I, the video was talking about how you juggle being like a more professional career mm-hmm. and being an influencer. And does that Perfect. help? Does that hurt? And it yeah. does both, of course. Yeah, of course. But you're a business minor, right? Are you I'm doing- a, I was going to do nutrition minoring, but now I'm doing the IIN health coach certification So you instead. don't need to? Okay. No. I was just wondering, because mm, business, I just feel like, would you go into business, would you go into a business minor to learn, or do you feel like you've already learned so much by doing it on your own as an entrepreneur? Um, I would, but I feel like I need something tailored to what I'm doing, because general business can be a business for anything, but the business of social media is so new and mm-hmm. it's so growing that I invested in coaching and certification through people that know the business of influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the note, like dealing with wanting to do a business minor, not mm-hmm. wanting to, uh, my parents, by the way, did not need, um, they went to school for, I believe, um, accounting, like yeah. engineer. I think my dad was an engineer major, like engineering major. And they ended up being entrepreneurs and for karate, not even for anything (laughs) engineering wise. So like you really don't need to always pursue the things that you go to school for. Mm -mm. Sometimes they're complimentary. Luckily you having a brand as an MT is so good. Um, So you aren't getting schooled at school for this. You aren't getting educated here. Yeah. What resources did you appreciate to like having and what resources did you use to get where you are and learn what you know today with influencing with yeah I well we're on the topic of influencing let's get into like health lifestyle a little bit later but yes influencing so basically so this is outside of school we're talking okay so I would just watch YouTube videos on anything that I was interested about and I fell down the rabbit hole of just finding other influencers and YouTubers that talked about what I was interested in and then I would dive deeper and read blog posts and then now I'm doing the IIN health coaching which is going to be so amazing to actually be able to talk about health and wellness from an educational perspective not just here's what I've accumulated through YouTube videos and everything so there's that um, word of mouth reading books honestly what's helped me so much is just the clarity that comes with focusing on what you want to focus on and giving your energy towards that because then naturally I would be reading a story and like the next page of like some magazine would be something that led me to the right link to meet the right person Mm -hmm. and it's just like being in that receptive mode of saying I see myself doing this and I dream of it give me the right signs and then they just naturally unfold I don't think I ever really actively looked for it even the Sidewalker Daily influencer coaching that I do I was on YouTube one day looking up something, I think completely unrelated, just a travel vlog. And this woman came up that talked about how to grow as an influencer. I clicked on it and now I have her phone number and we have phone calls together. So it's like this really cool thing of 
I was watching her and I'm like, she would be so cool to know. I wish I knew her. Mm-hmm. And then less than two months later, now she's a connection asking me for help with things. That's so, so cool. It's really cool. Wow. That, that's the fact that you went from YouTube to texting. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. Cause that's yep. kind of interesting. You never see those people or mm-hmm. people that you will become friends with. What books would you say specifically helped you? Like, can you give any recommendations? Yes. I had just, I'm currently reading Ask and It Is Given by Jerry Nestor Hicks. That one I had read and You Are a Badass. Mm. Definitely read that one. And You Can Heal Your Life is a really great one for wellness overall and like healing your body before any symptoms even come up. Mm. Like it's like very preventative action through spiritual mental work. Mm. Have you listened to any podcasts? Any good po- podcast recommendations? Yes. Um, um, I fr- it's like Magic Money and Manifestation. I think one of them is. And then, and there was one, there was, there was one that's like completely unrelated to what I do, but it was like, it's basically it talks about relationships and love. I'll, I'll try, I'll send you the names. You can put it in the bio of this, mm-hmm. but it's, it talks about, because sometimes you need to just listen about things that aren't about work and just like get clarity on that. But yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned a lot of manifesting. How much would you attribute that to the success you have? Because I, Mm -hmm. manifesting is a pipe dream for me. Yeah. Um, It's a lovely thing to have. Yeah. It is, feels like a magic key to everything you want. Yeah. However, I've only, I've been taught that it's just, I've been taught that you work and you get what you work for and you don't wish for it. And then it magically happens. Correct. So how would you tie manifesting into your success you've had as an influencer? Well, personally, I am very faithful. And so that ties into manifesting for me personally, but manifesting is basically you choose the higher power that you choose. So for me, for me, it's God, but for other people, it might be the universe or whoever you believe in. And it's just trusting that there is so much more that's affecting your life besides your own decisions. So it's just about giving your energy towards wholeheartedly believing that you can be, do or have anything you truly dream of because that's what you're meant to do and coming at it from a place of love and appreciation and gratitude because if you're always thinking about what you hate or things that are upsetting you with what law of attraction says, that's what you'll get more of because that's what's just going to keep flooding your inboxes, your YouTube, your newsfeed, your Facebook. What you put your attention towards is what comes into your life because it's what you're focused on. And so with just focusing on being like, this is what I want to do. I want to travel the world. I want to be a positive influence to, you know, millions of people one day. I just put my attention towards being a positive influence to who I can now with the confidence that it's going to grow because the work that I'm putting in will lead me there. Mm -hmm. And I always think that it's like, there's no harm in doing manifesting. Like, what do you lose as long as as you're not spending every minute of every day? It's literally just believing in yourself and believing that what you dream of is already yours. Mm -hmm. And just getting into a place of being like, this is mine, I'm meant to have this. And how can I get there by being my best self? Because, I mean, you can't manifest negative things. We aren't, Mm. that's just not, it's not possible. So when people are like, oh, what if you manifest this and this, like bad things? I'm like, no. Mm. Because we are all ultimately, like my monologue for class, like we are all ultimately good. That's who we came here to be. And so when you focus on that, that's what manifests. Yeah. I would say that is to be true for everything in my life, even 
not having consciously manifested everything in my life. A lot of it's unconscious. And it's mm-hmm. and it gets so hard when you know what you're doing. Like when you know it's happening. That's why. It's it's like the most insane consistent routine that is the most worth it routine that I've ever had in my life because once I started making it a priority to start my day with intentions and end my day with intentions, everything in between goes the way that I hope it will because I start my day and end my day in the right mindset. Mm. And the right, like, alignment, you know? But some people wake up and they're like, I'm just going to see what the day has in store for me. Like, and that's going to control my entire life. I'm like, why are you giving your control to everyone else? Like, you got to start your day being like, today is a great day. No matter what happens, I'm going to know that everything's going to be okay. And, you know, obviously in the world right now, things aren't ideal. Like, a lot is going on that's not okay. But instead of feeding into that so much to where it tears down your energy, you can't be of service to anybody else. If you're in a place of like such anger and resentment yourself, but you want to save the world, Mm -hmm. how are you going to save the world from a place of anger and hate and resentment? You can't. So it's like deciding I have to get myself into a place of alignment and then I can go out and change the world. Mm -hmm. And And so it all starts with you. And the concept that someone can control your day so easily, mm-hmm. they say, why would you let 10 seconds of your day, like like 10 seconds yeah. of something wrong going in, on in your day, ruin 24 hours. 24 hours. Full hours. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Easier said than done. It takes practice. Easier. Yes. Uh, I, yes. <laughs> yes. And I will not diatribe into how I know that's true. I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> so what is one common myth about influencing that you want to debunk? Big brands won't work with you unless you have millions of followers. Mm-hmm. It's That's not true because you can pitch yourself to a huge name brand with your creative content and like show them a portfolio of what you can do and you can get partnerships with brands for that solely. You know, you don't have to just use your influence. You can be an influence and a content creator. So your editing skills, your videos, everything that you put into your posts already, you can pitch to a brand and say, I have a smaller following. You don't even need to say that. But here's what I can do. I can do amazing things. I can create such amazing content for you. And they'll Mm. work with you. Like really big brands will work with you. Yeah, what's crazy to me is that with other professions – your success is defined by how well you do your job. Mm-hmm. When it comes to influencing or anything that requires people listening to you, people yeah. liking you, especially with theater, uh, a lot of people tie value not to how well they do things, but how many people know them and how famous they are. Right. So it's kind of crazy. And with influencing, a big part of your job is reaching out to people it is so it's even harder to draw that line between how many people you have to reach out to and how good you are at what you do yes and well something that's annoying is some people that claim to be influencers buy their followers and have bots that like their stuff and you know because someone like that has 10,000 followers I'll look at and like well they have so many followers and then they only get 57 likes Mm -hmm. it's like obviously a brand's gonna look into that So you don't think just because someone has a high follower rate, it's about the engagement. It's about Mm -hmm. how many people are liking your stuff, commenting, responding to your stories. You have to test that every day. That's why I do things like I put polls on my stories so often. I'm like, Mm -hmm. who's paying attention? Who's actually wanting to engage with me right now? Mm -hmm. And it's about that. And even if you're, there's this theory that they talk about in Sidewalker, it's theory of a thousand fans. And it's like, if you have 1,000 people that spend $100 a year on you, that's like $100,000 a year for you that you're making just for that. So it's like if 1,000 people, that's not in the grand scheme of Instagram, that's not very many people. 
invest $100 in a whole year, you're making $100,000 in a year. So you started influencing freshman year. Was it freshman year or were you doing that before? It was the summer after freshman year. So like a year ago. Oh, yeah. So if you got 2,000 in one, 2,000 followers in one year. Yeah. Why are we well, doing great? Why am I even talking about why? Well, you don't need, of course you don't need all the followers to feel like a successful influencer, but you got the followers, especially. It's, it's growing constantly with the more consistent mm-hmm. I am and the more clear I am on my niche. If you're just like talking about your life in every, in every capacity, what my secret is, I still have a bunch of friends and family that follow me and know my goal is for everyone who follows me to know me as me and feel like I'm a friend. Mm-hmm. I never want to be someone that's unapproachable. But at the same time, I have friends' birthdays I want to post about, shows I'm in, I want to post about it. So what I do is I put that on my story. People know what I'm doing in my everyday life. And then my main posts are dedicated to saying the things that I'm trying to share. Mm-hmm. But it, I always relate everything somehow back to wellness. If I go to the city on the weekend, my wellness is I took myself on a date. And like I'm very grateful for this time with myself to be living near the city. I always tie it back to wellness in some aspect. It's all about fountaining everything not fountaining filtering everything back to your main quote-unquote niche which is your your topic mm-hmm. so mine's wellness but somebody else might be fashion somebody else might be musical theater like it's your what what do people come to you for that's your niche oh i thought you were asking me oh well like, yeah you can answer that for Jokes? yourself not really <laughs> this podcast um, soon oh this podcast yes that's my niche audio <laughs> so, audio entertainment Beautiful. (laughs) So let's dive into the wellness aspect. Yes. We've talked a lot about influencing, but there's so much more to go into. Yes. So you are vegan. Now. It's only been two months. It's only been two months. Yes. So what were you before? Were you pescatarian or just... I was... I liked healthy eating and I didn't eat dairy. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't so strict on it to where if there was a little bit of like shredded Parmesan on my pasta I wouldn't eat it so I wasn't very strict on it but I wouldn't sit down and have a glass of milk or a carton of ice cream I get that but that was more because it just was like causing me to be bloated and like didn't do good things for my skin it was more just trying to improve something Mm. by giving it up but then over the summer having well having a kitchen is a lifesaver when you're in college and you're living in a dorm room being vegan is very difficult but possible but I didn't try it because I didn't know I wanted to do it. It was something that kind of opened a door for me this summer because I was watching a bunch of vegan YouTubers. And I was like, I already eat like this half the time anyway, unintentionally. The only reason I ate chicken is if it was in my house and that's what we had. But it's not like I loved it so much, all this stuff. And then I watched, then I watched the documentaries and I'm very much an empath. And so I watched these documentaries and I didn't realize just how much the meat and dairy industries were affecting our environment, were affecting animal cruelty, were affecting our bodies. So many diseases, like in America, especially in Western diet culture, are caused from meat and dairy products. And I didn't know that. And so especially diabetes. Diabetes is like the number one disease that is caused by your diet. And so after seeing how so many people, when they transferred to a plant-based diet, got off all their medication. I'm like, I'm always a person where I'm preventative action, not have to take medication in order to fix a problem. I want to be able to coach people and help people be so healthy and so happy and like holistically healthy and happy that you never have to even go take a medication because your body just knows how to take care of itself. 
And so when I started the vegan diet, just as like a 30 day challenge, I felt so much more energy. I felt better about what I was eating. I've never learned how to cook until I did that, which is so funny because I like, I just wouldn't make anything. So I was like, oh, I'll have a rotisserie chicken or I'll heat a sausage on this, like the skillet or something. It was just easier. But now I'm at a point where being vegan is just as easy, but I get creative Mm. and it sparks uh, creativity in me, which as artists, we're always finding creative outlets. And for me now, food is one. And I've always had a passion for food, but now it's like not only my passion for creativity, it's become a passion for doing something good for the environment, for animals, for our bodies. And even just seeing the way starting to go vegan is like affecting my influencing now is like so interesting because now I always wanted to do travel influencing, but I didn't know how I was going to incorporate wellness. Then I discovered there's like places that are specifically vegan for like hotels and resorts and stuff. So it just started opening a lot of doors where I was like, this is something I'm meant to do. Yeah. So I saw your ice cream posts this summer about all the vegan ice creams. I was like, well, of course where you're from, it seems like you have a pretty like hubby town area, like downtown area where you can find all those a little kind more of, yeah. interesting, like not like your stereotypical like diner. Yeah, Detroit's then, stepping it up. Like yeah, Olive she's Garden. Doing good. Yeah. Also, I just think it's so important to emphasize the fact that vegan cooking isn't hard. It's not hard. People think it's gross. They think vegan is just like vegetables and tofu. And I'm like, honey, let me cook something for you and I'll change your mind. But it's just like realizing that the strongest animals, like gorilla, like you know, all these strong animals, they're all they all eat plants. Like they don't eat meat. So when people are like, "Oh, you have to eat meat to be strong. You have to be eat meat to be a good athlete," all these myths surrounding veganism, it's like people become stronger when you're fueling your body with things that aren't processed, that aren't you know filled with steroids and pesticides and all these things that. We aren't meant to be consuming. Mm -hmm. And let me spit some facts out for a second because I was reading up on some veganism the other day. Mm -hmm. So vegans do live longer than people who Mm -hmm. do not emit meat or dairy products from their diet. Um, Actually, fun fact, pescatarians live the longest out of all of like the diet. I I don't want to call it a diet because That's just you eat fish too, right? Pescatarian yeah. is just fish yeah. and no like dairy, no, no chicken, no, no chicken, no, nothing beef. else. Okay. And it's because um, you get the fatty acids, yes. the omegas, yes. which are very important. They are. And that helps your heart health a lot. So they live longer, but it's not like vegans don't already live longer, yeah. more healthy lives. So people say things like, you're not going to get enough protein. Like that's one thing <sighs> I, I hear. I hate that like more than anything, I think. Because there's so many easy ways to get protein in your diet as a vegan. You just have to like do it. That also implies that people who eat meat and eat the stereotypical diet that we all have today, um, don't also have deficiencies. Like everyone has deficiencies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where do you want your deficiencies to lie? Right. Vitamin D. A lot of people are deficient in vitamin D no matter what they eat. Right. Vitamin B12. A lot of vegans vegans need to supplement that. Yes, I do. But a lot of people who aren't vegan also should be supplementing that they if should. they were to yes thank you if they were to get a blood test and look mm-hmm. at their levels and it's only found in things like spinach and like very specific seeds and i'm like if you're not vegan i doubt you're eating that much spinach and seeds unless you know you love healthy eating but yeah so it's just crazy to see that people will say that and it is propaganda i don't 
blame anyone who says that. Right, because you don't know. It's like ignorance. Everything's an industry nowadays. Yes, yes. And we have been told that you don't get enough protein if you don't eat meat because people want to sell meat. Yes. Just let people draw their own conclusions. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to go back too far, but to the cooking, I will say vegan cooking is, one, expensive. Yes, it can be. I don't want to deny that. It's hard. It's expensive. I can. I bought a ten pound a pack of chicken, frozen chicken from yeah. Costco, and it's gonna last me a good month, maybe over. But isn't it interesting? Like why? It's. I mean, it's because. Right. Fall back but to it's the like, why thing. is chicken so much cheaper when it's literally live animals that have to be killed? Yeah, why like, is that so cheap for people to buy? It's just interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It's not like a good or bad thing. It's just like, why is a thing of sweet potatoes or whatever more expensive than two pounds of chicken? Mm-hmm. Like you'd think, but it's because of the care that goes into growing good produce. Mm. There's cheaper ways to eat vegan, but that's more the more raw vegan diets. And what makes veganism more expensive is the alternatives, mm. which I'm a fan of, but it's the ulti- like the goal is to only eat like 20% processed and mm. 80%, you know, beans, vegetables, fruits, grains, all the things that build basic meals that come right from the earth itself. And that's important to say the alternative part, because yeah. people think that raw ve- especially raw veganism is just mm-hmm. like eating grass. Um, <laughs> but it's when you come to like making, I liked to make a lot of raw vegan food over the summer. I had a yes, dehydrator especially. at home. It was oh, great. Cool. I want a dehydrator so bad. At college, I am suffering without a good blender. We need a sponsor for a dehydrator. Can someone send me a dehydrator? <laughs> I will sponsor I will you. I will not pay a discounted price for it. We've already been over this. <laughs> no. But no. I will plug. Yes. I don't. You don't even need to pay me. I'll just take the dehydrator. <laughs> That's what my worth lies at with wanting that. Um, but a blender and a dehydrator. I got a little tiny little hand blender. It does no, nothing. No, you need a blender. So it's like when you come into making these like vegan, raw vegan pies that require mm-hmm. cashew crust and you end up spending... Right. that's where it gets you pricey. S- you spend a week's worth of like a paycheck on uh, raw cashews. On a, on a vegan cheesecake. <laughs> on a, raw cashews for a vegan cheesecake that you taste and you're like, oh, I forgot this was vegan so I can't expect it to taste like an actual cheesecake. Right. So um, thank you, Mother, for, yeah. in, for letting me use your wallet. <laughs> To buy yeah, raw shout cashews. out to our parents. So. Shout out, get walnuts. That's my suggestion. If you got to so go good. for a raw nut, you got to go with the walnuts. They're the mm-hmm. cheapest. Yeah. So it's time consuming and it's expensive. That's yes. what I find. It is not that much harder to do. I, I can cook mushrooms for an hour and they will not change texture. Right. I cook a chicken one minute over and it tastes like a rock. It feels yeah. like a rock. Yeah. It is insane to me. And then, like, I, I just have so many things to say about veganism. I want to go vegan. <laughs> we'll do another chance, like another episode solely on veganism. God, yeah, we do. I have to cut down. I might have to cut it's, this yeah, down. Yeah, I, I figured. But, like, just talk to me. Whatever you want to talk about. It's like, I was just expecting, like, how do I pull this podcast as long as possible? Yes. And now I'm like, oh, my God, how do I cut <laughs> when it? When you're talking to me, it's us together. We, we're so passionate about what we talk about. This it's is where thing. this is the crux of it. So yes. influencing was great. I loved hearing yes. about it. I would love to be an influencer. I got to get over my anxieties. Yes. This is the crux of what yes. this podcast should Very be. Very excited about. Um, I want to go vegan. Okay. Once I get through that 10-pound pack of chicken. Yes. Let's Don't do Don't waste vegan. your money. Yeah. Um, and maybe... Maybe some money rolls in. That would help yes, a lot. Yes, yes. 
it's just crazy to me that people have these preconceived notions about veganism has a persona now. You think it of vegans does, and you and think it's of hipsters. So, it's like stressful. It's not masculine to be vegan. Right. And how odd is it? It's its own that, stereotype now. That it, Yeah. How yeah. odd is it that a diet has a has all these stereotypes about yeah. it? Yeah. And it makes you think. And I saw this great documentary on sugar. And oh, it's so good. I got to find it. And it, I'll yeah. put that wherever, whatever. Put in the description. Description. If this yes. has a description. And it was all about the sugar industry. Like they take fat out of things and they say it's fat free, but then they add 10 pounds of sugar into it. And that's also, that's more, that's worse. Yeah. And I stopped eating sugar. I still, I mean, and another thing that comes with following these diets is that you have to go home to your family. And if your family doesn't do it, it's impossible. Yes, that's a whole nother thing. I would cut sugar out of my diet as much as I could with my family, but my family doesn't care as much as I do. That's just like the, and you love them so much that it's like, I want you to understand where I'm coming from because I will benefit you in so many ways. But yeah, I get it. And then it's like, it's just so crazy. And then they might judge you, uh, but you cut out sugar and I don't think I have, uh, I have no self-control. Let's just say, okay. If there's something in a kitchen and I want to eat it, I will either eat it or I will think about it for hours on end. I don't blame you. What's great about having a kitchen and going shopping for yourself is that I have enough self-control to not buy things at the store. And then it's not in your house to tempt you. It's not in your house. Exactly. Exactly. And I'd rather chew on like 90% cocoa, cacao, chocolate with 0% sugar and be like, this kind of tastes like a rock, but it is chocolate. (laughs) I'd rather do that when I have a craving than, because it does satisfy the craving. Yeah, it does. But it's just so hard to do it at home. So if you're at home at the moment and your diet sucks, Uh it's just your family's fault. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. It's hard. (laughs) It's it's, it's not going to be easy because, of course, you want to be able to, you don't want to be a quote unquote burden. Like you don't want to be the person that causes everyone to have to make a different recipe because you don't eat animal products. But at the end of the day, just come at it from the approach of knowing it's your responsibility. This is my choice. If you decide to make chicken for dinner, great. I'll get the vegan chicken nuggets at the store and I'll pop them in the oven. I'll eat everything else. Mm. Like it's just going into it with the mentality that you may have to make some adjustments, but that's the nature of it. Mm -hmm. Going out to eat is something I literally wrote a whole blog post, not to plug myself, but I have a whole blog post on eating out as a vegan because it's it's difficult when you go to a restaurant that's like barbecue shack and it's like, what am I supposed to eat? But like the lettuce that they put on your burger. So it's like tips to get around those hurdles when you first go vegan, because it is like you look at the menu and when a restaurant's not very vegan friendly, you probably have to order the side of potatoes and ask them to not be cooked in butter. Like there's things like that, but what gives me hope is so many restaurants now realize veganism is on the rise and will not stop because mm-hmm. people are realizing how beneficial it is. And so what I've noticed is you can literally just ask. Sometimes if a restaurant doesn't have an option on the menu, they will literally ask the chef to make something that's vegan. It's not. It's just getting over the fear of being annoying like straight up like it's because you don't want to be the annoying friend at the table that has to be like do you have anything that's vegan but sometimes you just gotta find a way to ask that doesn't seem like you're constantly nitpicking everything that somebody's asking you to eat if that makes any sense so do you think you'll ever go back to eating meat or do you think veganism is forever I've, i've wondered about that 
But honestly, it's made me feel so good and I know the benefits now. But it's also hard because I think so far ahead sometimes I need to slow down. But when I have kids, I'm like, am I going to raise them as vegan? Because I don't eat vegan. Because I know the benefit, like, or not the benefits, but the things that can happen if you have too much dairy or meat in your diet. Mm. But also they're their own person. It, it comes to a point where how do you want to raise them? And then if they decide to not be vegan, that's them. That's their decision. So it really is a, this is what makes me happy right now. Will it change? I don't really think so, just because I love it. But if you try something and it's making you really upset and you don't feel better or you hate it, then make a change. Don't ever force yourself to be following a diet or anything because that's where trigger warning but that's where some eating disorders can begin to develop when you become so mentally consumed with the diet that and speaking from certain experience it's like there's such a specific stigma around what you eat and your diet and everything and so it's just breaking that down and being like what do I eat that makes me feel good fills me with energy and makes me happy and those are the three questions that you should be asking yourself when you're deciding what kind of diet quote unquote that you'd like to follow yeah, and are you eating to live? Are you living to eat? Yes. It's... And you can do that as a vegan. Some people are like, I don't want to go vegan because I just want to like, what? what is it? Eating to live or living to eat? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, people are like, I just want to live my life and eat whatever I want. And it's like, okay, you can still do that. And like, you can still eat vegan and eat things that make you happy and like have those little indulgent days. Mm-hmm. It just won't have any dairy in it. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. But that's me because yeah, I'm at I a mean, point where I'm comfortable with it And now. of course, you're not the type of person to ever look down upon someone because Never. of how they eat. Never. That's so important. Those vegan, I will say vegan culture can be toxic. And the reason of course. It's, it's created this idea of it. Like if I'm sitting next to someone eating chicken, I'm like, okay, I don't do that. But that's you. Well, who am I to tell you what to do with your life? And people will... If they are judging you for what you're eating, mm-hmm. what kind of person are you? Get right. a better hobby. Exactly. Become an influencer. Okay. Become an influencer. <laughs> like, take your time doing something else other than worrying about what's going in someone yes. else's mouth. That's so... That is true and relevant for every aspect of your life. Oh, God. Well, yeah. That, yes. it, it transfers. For me, it's like, I got to transfer that. Sometimes <laughs> I got to take a we second We all have work to do. Yeah. We all have work. Yes. But I always find, and I do eat meat. I'm not talking as a vegan. I love veganism. Yeah. I think it's so cool. And I don't know if I could ever stop meat entirely. Mm-hmm. I That's okay. I'm German at heart. It's in my DNA. Yeah. Um, Coming not from an Italian, proven. it's like you love your cheese and your meatballs and yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I can do things now. Like I don't buy red meat because I hate having to cook it and then it's not worth the time it takes to cook it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't stand like... That's a lot of fish. So like, it's already like, I just don't buy what I don't want to eat. I can see myself cutting out like chicken and salads and replacing it with lentils. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever take out meat, but I always want to live plant-based. That's good. That's, that's a distinction my mom's doing too. She's like, if I go out to eat and I want a salmon for dinner, like once every two months, she's not going to be so strict on herself that she won't eat it because she doesn't see herself fully cutting it out but she's like 98% plant-based like we sit down together every 
we did it this morning, every Sunday, and we meal plan for the week. And so even having an accountability partner, if you want me to be yours, someone that sits down and is like, where can we take something that normally would be meat and let's just adjust it and try something else. Let's try a fun new recipe that's tempeh instead of chicken yes. or something like that. And when you start just take, making Not to those... be confused with tempura. tempura yes, which, that happened this <laughs> We had that talk. I was like, it's shrimp? not shrimp. How are you eating shrimp? <laughs> so our tofu, for example. Yes. Tofu is not gross if you cook it right. PSA, it is not just like a flavorless block of sponge if you make it correctly. Mm. It's all about learning the skills to preparing the food to make it taste divine and in a not that hard way. I think, I mean, just replace something. Just try it. Yeah. Like yeah. I, the other day I made vegan curry with eggplant. I hate eggplant and it wasn't that bad. That, I have to say that too. Things you think you hate are probably because they were prepared awfully. Yeah, you just just because you or whoever made it sucked. If you had like like for me, I had I would eat I never would have seen myself eating half the things that I'm eating right now. Literally even four months ago. The certain vegetables and like grains and stuff I'm eating all week now, I would have been like, absolutely not never. But now it's I know how to make it right. And so it tastes good. Mm -hmm. Vegetables. When I was a kid, I would eat carrots maybe like once a week. Like Mm -hmm. I hated vegetables. So when people are like, I don't know, I could never see myself going vegan. I'm like, give yourself 30 days trying it and then see if you change your mind. It just feels so experimental to cook vegan. It just feels like I'm in science class. It's like a science class. It's fun. It's creative. And if you go on Pinterest, you will be on there for five hours looking at just tofu recipes yes let me just suggest i will drop a few people if you have people you want to drop yes yes um pick up limes yes great youtube channel Mm -hmm. about it and she's also one of those great people that are very like try to eat less process and that's what's important it's all about less process yes like you don't need to cut out sugar entirely you don't need to do this yeah just don't let the industry get to you and what they try to make cheap and available quickly and for less it's called fast food for a reason yeah Yeah. exactly like (laughs) Don't fall into that. No. Uh, pick up limes. Raw vegan, not gross. She has not posted in forever. I definitely sent you Oh, one. yes, yes. Not gross, right? Yes. Yes. Raw yeah. vegan, not gross. She has a book. That's where I got all my dessert recipes from when I cooked raw over the summer. It is, again, it's a little pricey, but she is just a wonderful person. Good energy. Good, ener- good yeah. vibes all mm-hmm. around. I wish she was still an influencer, honestly, but... She's living her life, and she has a child now, so congrats to her. Congratulations. If she hears this, we, we, <laughs> we'll send it to her DM. In case, Hi. yeah. Um, maybe I'll get her phone number. Hasn't I been, see, yeah, it's two months. Before. Give it a couple months. Do you have anyone that you want to drop real quick? Yes. Sorry, I just took the biggest swallow of water. Um, healthy, crazy, cool. His name is Miles. He's just a like... A guy. It's a guy. You don't see him. He's an that. athlete, too. And he eats... I tell... I, if he were to hear this one day, I absolutely adore him. He's British, which makes it even better. <laughs> we love him. Um, he will eat what, like, the biggest bowls of food, like, over 3,000-something calories a day, and he is, like, shredded. But he's not bulky. He's, like, a nice, lean, toned guy, mm-hmm. athlete. So it's literally when people, like, you barely eat on a vegan diet, he will prove you wrong for that. Like, you can eat sustainable food, and you will be satiated and you know, satisfied. Also, also bodybuilders can be vegan. Oh, watch game changers on Netflix, game changers documentary. Most amazing, strong. This one guy set the world record for how much he can lift and walk with. I don't don't know what it's called, but he set the world record and he's vegan. So watch that. If you're an athlete and you're convinced that plant-based is not going to fuel your exercise, that Mm. is false. 
but also this this new girl she's australian i just love all these people from all over the the world her name's amanda ducks d-u-c-k-s and she just makes the most beautiful food and her accent's so calming and she has like what i eat in a day is that she posts like three times a week it's Mm. really great so i love her and sweet potato soul if you have not seen her yet she is she got health coaching the place i'm getting it through so it's like kind of cool but she is just amazing she's a mom she has a vegan baby and she just is so i just want to be her best friend like she's these are people that you can sit and watch them for hours i speak from experience i just have them playing all the time if i'm blogging if i'm doing whatever and i'm so inspired by the recipes they create i give them a lot of credit for choosing to go vegan yeah, so if you are not completely um, entertained out, like <laughs> if you don't completely have entertainment overload from listening to this hour-long podcast, <laughs> go look them up right now. Yes. Oh my God. But do pace yourself. I will diatribe and say it's so easy nowadays to totally look, look at so much on YouTube mm-hmm. and online yes. that it all loses meaning and you can be getting yeah. the most important information of your life and you just are numb to it because you've been watching YouTube all day mm-hmm. because there's nothing else to do and yeah. some, we're not we're lucky to be on campus we're yes. lucky to have things very, to do very very um, but that's not the case for everyone so I will I want to say like this is my last big topic okay so we've talked about wellness. We've talked about all that. With that comes body positivity. Yes. Body positivity to me is very important. Yes. No one ever likes their body. It's a That's a catch-all. But like, I find it rare to find someone who doesn't have a problem with their body. Yep. There are people who have said to me, I am so fat. And they you could see their six-pack. <laughs> and it's just... Yeah. And then you're like, well... Then you compare, and, yep, yep. Then you're like, geez, Spiral. like, what am I to you then? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Right. Um, but where, and there's, of course, we've, the same way that um, live to eat, eat to live. Yes. It's like kind of transfers to your body. Like, yeah. do you live to have a great body or do you live to have a healthy, well-fed, well-nourished body? Right. Like, what do you care about, the aesthetics or the function? Yes. Because a lot of the times, aesthetic comes at the expense of function. Oh, definitely. It's it can be very toxic. Yeah, yeah. And I think that mainstream social media has um, began to accept this, but mostly by women. I find that the body positivity community in general is women dominated. It is, but I feel like it should be more both because it. I mean, I obviously as a woman don't know what it's like for a man when it goes through body positivity, oh. but I'm sure you deal with things too. I know? think the pressure is less on men. Yeah. But the pressure is not gone. Right. And you often find these men who don't care and genuinely don't care. That's less common in women. Yeah. Um, But there are men who do care. And they might not express it because they're not told to and it's not like a thing for men to have body problems. But of course, I can't imagine someone not... Even if they pretend like they're totally fine with their body, I can't imagine they don't have some qualm of some sort. Mm -hmm. And even though social media has become more inclusionary you're obviously still gonna get um these extremes arguing at you from both sides of the spectrum both the extreme body positivity community um to a questionable point and the anti-extreme of body positivity where you can't be any more than a stick i think that is social media has taught us 
has untrained us to keep in touch with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And instead we keep in touch with other people. Yeah. And I do love that we're talking about this on an episode that's totally about positive influence. Instagram, yeah. positive, yeah. like influencing beyond. It and just proves that mindset is the way you got to go. And let's just say now, if you want to be an influencer, you don't have to be on Instagram as much as you are as a viewer. Like right. you can just post. Like you do not need to feed into whatever toxic culture Instagram's exploiting. Find your might give you. find your tribe and then give your energy to them. Comment on their stuff. Just yeah. filter your feed. But it's so important to touch in with yourself. How do you feel? A lot of times we go through life not even thinking about yeah. how things make us feel. We put too much pressure on ourselves too. Like yeah, just take mm-hmm. a second. Like listen to the end of this podcast and then afterwards, not now, but afterwards, take a second to think about how does what you're eating make you feel? Right. And are you okay with eating meat every once in a while? Are you okay with eating meat all the time? Mm -hmm. Does that bother you now? And do you think it'll bother you in the future? Yeah. And can I add a question? Yeah. What do you know you should be doing now that you aren't doing that will benefit you? Yes. And that might come with anxiety. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of times you don't want to do things because you're scared of doing it. You grow when you're most uncomfortable. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) We're just preaching to the choir today. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, all these things are better said than done. I am. We all have our flaws. It is a journey. It takes time. I did not get here overnight. I still have so much more, you know, so much further to go. But it's a day. Like I said, I've emphasized this enough. It's a daily practice. And think about. People can preach. When are they preaching? When are they being the most moral? It's when they're being introspective. So the more you are introspective, we have interoception, we have exteroception. Excuse me if I get those terms wrong. I don't think they are. It's our perception of what's going on inside of us and our extero is what's going on in the world. And sometimes you want to live exteroly. If you're stressed at a party and you want to calm yourself down, you think less about what's happening in your head because that's going to send you in a spiral and you think about outside. But a lot of times when you're thinking just about what's happening outside of you, you're not focusing on what your body is telling you. Yeah. People love to preach and people love to hate on people who love to preach. Yeah. Me too. I love to preach just as much as I love to hate on preachers. <laughs> um, not the pe- actual preachers. You're doing a great job, by the way. Keep going. <laughs> um, but it is... Like, what does that say about you? You live introspectively as much as possible, touch base with yourself, and you will find yourself living, in terms of wellness, living a better life. You will show up as the full you, not the you that is only brought out by outside influences and like external forces. Check in with yourself. Before you judge someone else, what are you actually saying about yourself? Mm -hmm. Meditate. I cannot emphasize that enough. Uh, meditate, please. That's about to be a motif in a lot of these podcasts. <laughs> Meditation is so important. That's um, a whole other topic. Oof. We're just touching on all of it. I mean, wellness, it's, it's at huge. the crux of wellness is keeping in touch with yourself. Yes. You can eat yes. healthy. You can meditate. You can journal. At the end of the day, what all of that is, is touching base with who you are mm-hmm. and what makes you feel good. Yeah. Okay, so... Do what this- makes you feel good and... This was great. We got into a big, well, this is some good Come on discussion. the launching pad episode. Just... Launching, I was so afraid. Speaking of nervousness and 
putting yourself out there. Like, yeah. I'm so happy this went well. Other than yes. the fact that the first 30 minutes I was looking <laughs> I was dead. enjoying my, my nice vegan cookie that Harrison made. Yeah, and I was... technical. <laughs> we were working at technical difficulties. Let's hope that none of them transferred into this recording. Yeah. I think it looked good. I was looking a lot at the sound. Put the good energy in there. So let's end off on just like a few wrap-up questions. So I want to ask you this. Okay. If you were interviewing yourself, okay. say you are me. Yeah. What question would you ask yourself that I didn't cover? Oh, that's a good question. I know. I was just so good, oh right? Oh my gosh. Um, maybe about my daily routine. Like what do you do every single day that helps you to show up and be your best self every single day? Yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. Oh, Okay. I wasn't going to let you ask it and not answer it. Oh, okay. We want to give the people what <laughs> they deserve. Yes. My daily routine. I, okay, first of all, start small. Don't jump right into this because it will overwhelm and you will not stick with it. I wake up. I do a tapping meditation, which I just started five minutes. Wash my face. What's a tapping meditation? It's like... Not like tapping, it's a, tapping. It's like tapping. Like you tap on the chakras and then it like releases negative energy. I was like, I put on so, my medukas. No. <laughs> get out the floor. Actual tapping. We do that later in the day. But this one is like, it's setting up. It's literally, I use one through this tapping solutions app. And it's called, turn your day around, create a great day. So you say during it while you're tapping on these chakras, like... I release any negative expectations. I release the past. I decide now in this moment, today is going to be a great day. I come in with positive expectations. This is what I want to feel today. Let's go do it. I do that. I get up, wash my face, and just enjoy the process. I never like to rush. For me, rushing is just like, just anxiety. Like I'm like, I just want to be able to take my time. So I wake up a little bit earlier. I make Mm. it a priority. What time? Um, depends. I try to get up by like 7.15, 7.30. Okay, that's good. It's not that bad. Yeah, I'm not, not a 5 a.m. girl. I could never... Over the quarantine, I was a 10 a.m. girl, so it, it adjusts. And I, well, I was 2 p.m. Yeah, I was a 2 exactly. p.m. boy, so... You don't be too hard on yourself if you want to sleep in. Let yourself sleep in. Listen to your body. But then after I wash up, I do um, affirmations. Mm-hmm. Affirmations have changed my life because you reprogram your subconscious to believe the things that you already know within you are true. I am healthy, I am confident, I am happy, I am successful, all of these things. I have like a three-page list. It's very, very long. Start with five. Say them every morning. What do you want to be? Say, I am that. Put the energy there right away, first thing in the morning. Look at yourself in the mirror when you say them. Say it to yourself. Then 10 minutes of stretching, yoga, whatever I want. Then I meditate for only like five minutes, just clear my head. I don't do a guided one. Just listen to the air conditioner and breathe. Clear your mind. And then I will set my intentions. I say, I will let go of one, two, three, or however many things I want to let go of. I will focus on this, this, and this today. And then at the end of the day, I leave space for, I am grateful for. And that goes into my nighttime routine. I, I do prayers personally, just in my head as I'm washing up. Just like saying, kind of like affirmations in my head, but also for me, it's more of a prayer. Yeah, and are then, they, so for you, it's religious, right? It's more, I wouldn't say religious, it's faithful. Mm. So yeah, that's a whole other thing. Those are very different, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a faithful thing in like my personal relationship with God. So that's just like me, like have my little chat. Mm. And then I 
gratitude journal. What, what, did, what happened today or just in my life that I'm grateful for? And then I look at my vision board on Pinterest, look at all the things that make me excited and enthusiastic about the next day. And I say affirmations like my dreams are coming true in perfect timing. And then over throughout the night, you don't have to do this. I love this because sleeping, I'm very like hypersensitive with sound sometimes. Like I'd like to know what's going on. And so sometimes that can be hard to sleep with. Mm -hmm. So I play like meditations while I'm sleeping that are supposed to reprogram your subconscious. So I do ones for manifesting your dream life, self-love, getting rid of stress. And it just plays and you don't even hear it once you fall asleep, but your subconscious hears it. So then you wake up and it's like your brain is literally reprogrammed to believe the things that are being said in your meditations. So it's just coming up with your own routine that sets you up for the day and nicely closes the day. Also, just going to point out, I'm sorry, this is, I'm making this so long. Um, Everything that you absorb during the day affects you. So if you're reading things that upset you, don't. Mm. If you're watching, especially nowadays, protect yourself. Don't feel like you need to know everything. Okay. Be educated, be respectful, love one another. But if there's something that you read and it viscerally, like you feel your, like feel negative energy, get out of it. Just protect yourself and like be responsible for that. And before you go to bed, maybe don't watch a horror film every now and then. Sure. But things like that, like that's what you're going to dream about. And then you'll be all freaked out and you'll be like, oh my God. But so I watch like a funny show or TikToks, not going to lie. TikTok makes me very happy. Mm. I'll scroll through that for 20 minutes. Then shut your phone up at least a half hour before going to bed. Don't look at blue light. If you have to, blue light glasses. And yeah, that's what I do every day. I could only dream. (laughs) It's one step at a time. I started with like five affirmations and like a five minute meditation. Mm -hmm. And then it feels so good. You're like, what can I add on? But also we don't always have an hour and a half in the morning. Be adjustable and realize that sometimes you only have time for the first page of affirmations in a five minute meditation and you have to go to work really early. Mm. And it's the cynic in me that's going to ask this next question, but you don't think you're wasting your time at all? No. Really? Because that's mm-hmm. time, I will it's say this time sounds consuming. time consuming, yeah. But days where I don't necessarily, like there's been days where I've woken up, like even this morning, for example, I had a dream that kind of freaked me out last night. I don't know where it came from. I was watching Soundtrack, the show on Netflix, and it was like a car, like it was like a creepy scene. It was just like a hospital scene or something like that. And I think that affected my dream because I'm so in touch with the things that I absorb. Mm-hmm. And so I woke up and I was just like, I didn't like that dream. And so when I went through this process, I was like, I feel so much better because I got realigned with the things I know to be true. And like, I just felt comforted. But for me, that's, that's my process now. Some people I've seen, they're like millionaire morning routines is what they're called. It's the most successful people have a set routine that they follow. Some people have like two and a half hours. Some people have 20 minutes. You make it work for your schedule. Whatever you can do to just get into that alignment and decide I'm going to create a great day for myself, just do it. It's really beneficial. Mm -hmm. It's like you control the day. Don't let the day control you, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, nice little cap off. Okay. So I have one final question. Yes. How are people going to find you online? What do you need to plug? I know you have a brand. You're an influencer. Yes. So you got to sell it. (laughs) 
Yes. Okay. So first and foremost, you can find me on Instagram at Alyssa underscore underscore Burns. That's my wellness content, travel content, just all my fun pictures. I also co-own a blog called Finding Happy, which is about living a healthy, happy lifestyle. I post blogs once a week, sometimes twice if my co-blog owner posts a blog as well. And yeah, I'm also going to be a health coach soon. So if you're interested in having a health coach, let me know and I'd be happy to talk to you about it. That's amazing. And I could vouch for her Instagram. It's very, it's one of those Instagrams that you look at it and it's like, wow, she's so put together. <laughs> it's you. wonderful. I try, I try. Also, it doesn't just stop at her Instagram. I will say even her Snapchats when she's watching a movie, like her private snaps that are like, just chilling, watching a movie looks better than I look when I'm <laughs> fully put together and done. I literally was nervous to come over here today because I was like, oh, it's a podcast. And I was worried about like looking okay. I was like, nah. I'll I don't just... think that's possible for you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's the, in, it's the internal work. Genuinely. And that's why I'm so, I was so happy to have you on because yes. you're one of the most passionate people I know. Thank you. You. It's the in... Pisces in me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it inspires me. Not only are you inspired by yourself, but you inspire others, like even me. Like, Thank you. And it's just so incredible to listen to you talk about wellness and what you love. Yes. And when I thought of this podcast, I thought about you. So <gasps> I love that. Thank huh. you so much for having me on. I appreciate it so much. You are amazing. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. We love but keep Harrison. going. <laughs> but, but rate me on iTunes if that's where I end up putting this. Oh, Five yes. stars. <laughs> Five and a half. Well, I will bid you adieu. Thank you so much for coming on Thank today. Thank you. It yes. was lovely having you. Thank you. And I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>